stu- stu- Studio D production. I can't even shot. play the bass and sing at the same time. No. I can either sing or do something else. I got some spooky shits to talk about. Spooky oh, shit. It's funny because I was like, I don't remember what I'm talking about. I don't really care. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah, Alexa. Kushtaka. I'm so excited. Kushtaka. I was at one point on, on my phone in the middle of the podcast Googling because I really want to share. Sit down. I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With my It's after family story time. So we're back from our break, and Kelly's going to dive right in. Kushtaka. (laughs) Kushtaka. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about kushtaka. You have to say it in a weird voice every time. Kushtaka. Kushtaka. All right. So we've talked about missing people. And di- missing planes, disappearing planes, and murders and serial killers. And all of those are things that happen in different places of the world. They just happen more in the Alaska Triangle. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about some monsters. Woo! And that may or may not happen in other places. So Kushtaka, which roughly translates to land otter man, is okay. a shape-shifting species in the folklore of the Tlingit. Oh, shit. I practiced this, and I didn't want to butcher their name. Oh, I was no. like, you need to be respectful of this culture, and you need to know how to say it. And then I just messed it up. In the folklore of the Tlingit people, who are indigenous people in Alaska. So I saw a video in my extensive research mm-hmm. on this, and all I could think was how... We come from a long line of otter people. Chief Otter Lifter and Princess Otter Tail. You know what? that that's all bullshit, right? What? I was told when I was a kid, mom told me when I was a kid that they've done the genealogy and they've traced us back to Native Americans <laughs> and with and we're descendants of Chief Otter Tail and Princess or no, Chief Otter Lifter and Princess Otter Tail. <laughs> Of a Cherokee tribe. No, what's really funny is that Granny told Mom, and Granny was just (laughs) shitting with Mom, and Mom believed it. At least that's the story I heard from. I believe that. So, (laughs) but I just exactly the sort of crap that Granny would pull. Like she has all, and then Grandma would believe it. Grandma, (laughs) Grandma is so gullible. She's like the most gullible person, especially coming from your mama. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I like- believed it as well. And I used to tell Jerome that. And then he used to joke about uh, Chief Otter Tail Lifter and make lewd comments about my heritage because he recognized <laughs> your fake heritage. heritage. Didn't exist. Fake I heritage. didn't know it was fake at the time. And he recognized it was, I think. But I'm like, no, my mom told me. Mom doesn't lie to me. And mom was never one to really she play actually jokes. She wasn't. You know, I mean, like yeah. my kids, I understand why they wouldn't believe no, something. I don't believe I anything that you say. <laughs> mom would always like tell you if she she was joking pretty quickly after. Yeah. But, no, uh, you had Hannah and I fooled about bleaker fluid for a year, and then we brought it up to Dad, and Dad was like, "That isn't real." <laughs> <laughs> I did. I know. I there's a lot of. But things. then Dad had us fooled that like Aussie shampoo was made of kangaroos. Oh, yeah. We cried yeah, and we and like cried, cried and cried, and then we were like in the grocery store looking up the ingredients, and we were like, "It doesn't say kangaroo on here." It was so. <laughs> 
funny the number of times one of them would come to either Jerome or I would be like, kangaroos, really? <laughs> or like the one time we were sitting around the table and you're like, oh yeah, mom, blinker fluid, because you had said something to your friends and they had all made fun of you in school. <laughs> from granny though because yeah, granny is the granny person thing. who tricked all of her grandchildren <laughs> into, thinking that, into thinking that clock moved i remember showing power it granny. to jerome on a trip that we took out there and like granny wasn't around but i turned it on and i was like oh it must be broken it used to move <laughs> it wasn't until i was out there and i was in my mid to late 30s that i said something to granny about when did the clock break and she's what are you talking about it's working and i said you know it doesn't move anymore and she just started laughing. She's like, oh, you that's still how, believe that? That's how she tricked us all, though, was that she said it broke. So then yeah. we all, as we aged into the, the ages where we would have recognized that it was granny <laughs> mooing, we all were like, oh, well, it used to back in our childhood, and now it doesn't. So that's how she tricked us. She's so that. damn smart. I love that little mischievous yep. elf. Is what you she know, is. She, she is. Really is. She's very She's elfish. <laughs> You know, we it was the Fae of the Ozarks. (laughs) The clock was actually broken when we were out there. So I um, looked on eBay and I sent mom a text while we were sitting on granny's porch. I was like, look, we need to get granny a new clock. And mom ordered it. And so granny has a new clock. It still doesn't move. No, you know what we need to do is we need to figure out a way to put a mechanism in it where we can record Record granny. And then every time Frick, it turns yes. on, or maybe a button that she has to push he, or something, but Matt it'll move. It oh, Matt could totally Matt figure yeah, it out. That would be awesome. <gasps> but okay. what we really need to do, and maybe we shouldn't because she's 93 years she's old. 94. 94 Dang. years old. Jesus. Um, we might give her a heart attack, but we need to attach it, not tell her. <laughs> so she's sitting there, turns it on. No. Payback, <laughs> Granny. Payback's a bitch. That's so funny. <laughs> So the Kushtaka, the land otter men of the Tlingit <laughs> region. I don't know. How do you do this? How do you podcast? I don't remember. How do you podcast? All right. So the Kushtaka are kind of like Bigfoot-like creatures, but they have the head of an otter. <laughs> so they have no neck. Which is kind of funny to imagine because otters are like these cute little, which are their paws that they put yeah. in their face. And they lay in the water with their hands and their feet in the they air. They crack nuts and shit open, shells open. On their nuts, belly? Yeah, but shells open just like rocks. They're super cute. Apparently, I heard recently when I was talking about how much the otters were cute in Alaska, that they're like awful creatures that like rape other animals and stuff. Oh, oh my! No. I know. Someone said they that's rape horrible. they rape baby seals, and I was really sad. Oh, that's really sad. Because really otters terrible. are damn adorable. They well, are. That's one I thought they were I my learned... spirit animal, but not. Well, anymore. I don't know for sure that that's factual. So let's do our research. I learned that. Um, well, I like really love ducks, and like we have like this pond in our backyard, and like the way the ducks mate is like really violent and horrifying, <laughs> and I've witnessed it, and I've had to go inside before because I was so uncomfortable watching these three male ducks team up on this one poor female that is just like fucked in the water. Alright, so the Kushtaka Kushtaka (laughs) Wait, hold on, let's do that again. (laughs) Okay, the Kushtaka 
<laughs> are Bigfoot-like creatures, but with the head of an otter. Um, wow. The Tlingit people believe that, and they're shape-shifting, so they can be like an otter, or they can be like a man, or they can be like different things. But they, cool. they're kind of basically, like all the pictures of them are like big hairy Bigfoots, but their head is an otter. And it's pretty <laughs> It's pretty funny because otters are so adorable. Whether or not they're awful, uh, I don't know, but they're adorable. Um, But the Tlingit people believe that the Kushtaka try to capture people to turn them in to Kushtaka. So they'll either like destroy them and just like tear them apart or they'll try and turn them in to Kushtaka. (laughs) Um, They're supposed to be like really tricksy, which is kind of cute because you could imagine otters as being like really tricksy. Like, oh, I'm going to. They are. I know you're saying that like otters are really terrible, but aren't they like, I saw something. I don't know if it's really saw it on Tumblr, but it's like they're like monogamous. They like find partners and they're like made for life. I don't know. I feel like I should have done a lot more research on no, otters I, themselves. There's nothing to do about because, otters like, in this actual story. We're otters. just like, wow, otters are cute. <laughs> I mean, I saw a lot of otters in Alaska, so I probably should have done my research on otters in Alaska. I don't know. Well, I mean, not a lot, but like five or something. <laughs> That's a decent amount of otters. I mean, they were like all together. I do want to <laughs> say. I do want to say that one of my oh, our favorite, otters at the zoo are so cute. They're very cute. One of my favorite memories of my whole life was the time that you and Matt took Hannah and I camping for my birthday, and it was like a really cold weekend, and all of the critters yeah. were out, and we because we up went at like sunset too, yeah, and all of the pikas and the marmots were oh out, God, and, we and then we saw like spit. elk on the way down yeah, too. We just spent the longest time at the top of the mountain, just like looking at all the pikas, yeah, just like barking at them and back. squeaking at them. Yeah, yes, I and Matt was like him. making fun of us so hard, yeah, because we were like. <laughs> anyway, I will think about that all the Aww. time. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I saw pictures of that the other day. It was a good time. Yeah, but the Kushtaka would would have killed us if we were in Alaska mm-hmm. that time. I'm just trying to segue <laughs> and connect everything back together. Good segue. Okay, so the Kushtaka will capture people um, and turn them into Kushtaka. And if people are turned into Kushtaka, it prevents them from achieving reincarnation and everlasting life. So the Tlingit people were like, like, it's kind of like some people are like, ooh, ha, 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 the Kushtaka, Bigfoot, Boogeyman. But like the Tlingit people were like, really, they took it very seriously because it was a part of their belief system that they were going to be reincarnated. And that's what allowed them to have everlasting lasting life. And if you're a Kushtaka, you don't get that shit. So they were like, really, they took it really seriously. Um, so they are the Kushtaka are trickster, tricksters who shape shift and imitate sounds of crying infants or women in distress in order to lure people. That's creepy. Yeah, super creepy. So there's lots of um, uh, evidence, I guess is the word, of people. <laughs> stories. <laughs> like stories of uh, like sailors being like lured by the sounds of crying infants or like women screaming and things like that. So the idea is that the Kushtaka will save victims in difficult situations by turning them into a Kushtaka but then you're turned into a Kushtaka and you now don't have everlasting life and reincarnation, so you really are kind of screwed. But they'll save you with air quotes. <laughs> what is what is the lifespan of a Kushtaka? I don't know. They're I not, bet they're, they're immortal. Not studied. Do they, do they live to be? Someone caught one in a cage once I was reading. <laughs> wow. And then like wrote about it, but I think it was before pictures because then it like died and now it's gone. But they like mm. wrote about it that they caught one in a cage. <laughs> is that true? Well, did you actually read about that, or are you I did read about that. Me? I okay. read about it in the no, list of like no, tons of Kushtaka fair. sightings. And so that's 
no, is I was just true? wondering if that was a thing that you actually read or if you were just like pulling it out of no, your ass. No, no, I definitely read it. Like okay. every single one of these like little subcategories Whether in my thing have true. like thousands of stories. So I'm just like scrolling past story after story. So yeah, whether that story is true, I don't know. I want to go to the last. But it did happen. It was pretty awesome. Okay, so um, I do want to note that the Kushtaka is part of this like ancient lore of the Tlingit people, but it also, like there's lots of people who have had recent sightings of the creature. So this one's like kind of recent. It's from 1900, but I want to read what he said. <laughs> well, recent. <laughs> Shut up, Belly. It's recent in the grand scheme of things. Like we're talking the ancient lore of an entire people. Okay. I just kind of recent, like 1900, <laughs> like 120 years I ago. Like, I was like 1980, 19 something. It was 120 years ago, Belle. Shut up. But it was like in, in the gold, um, the gold prospecting era of Alaska, which was like a huge part of there's all these like different eras of development. And the gold rush brought a ton of people to Alaska. Um, so in 1900, that was happening. So it's in the more recent history. Okay. <laughs> no, Shut up. Fair. Shut up. It's in the 20th <laughs> century. You brought it into it's in the Okay. And it made sense. Okay. <laughs> so there was this gold prospector who was out hunting grouse and collecting quartz he came across some quartz and he was very excited about the quartz and so he's out doing this in the Tlingit region of Alaska and so these are his words and I'm going to read it and I better not have any interruptions okay (laughs) I hope you read it in a prospector accent (laughs) no pressure what's a prospector accent there's gold in there there hills okay (laughs) I will read the first part it will get real old if I read the whole thing I turned half round to get a backside on some mountain peaks and lying below me on the other side of the ridge from the ledge was the half moon lake the Indian had told me about. It it works. (laughs) I'm realizing this is like picking up in the middle of a story. It's like that Indian that we're supposed to know of told me about this. But this is where it gets important. So I'm not reading it in an accent. Right there, fellow. <laughs> oh, you're not, huh? Well, I saw the word fellows and I had to read it in an accident. Right there, fellows, I got the scare of my life. Okay, now I'm not reading it. <laughs> I hope to God I never see her go through the likes of it again. Swarming up the ridge toward me from the lake were the most hideous creatures. I couldn't call them anything but devils, as they were neither men nor monkeys, yet looked like both. They were entirely sexless, their bodies covered with long, coarse hair, except for where the scabs and running sores had replaced it. Each one seemed to be reaching out for me and striving to be the first to get me. The air was full of their cries, and the stench from their sores and bodies made me faint. I forgot my broken gun and tried to use it on the first ones, and then I threw it at them and turned and ran. I'm sorry, that's funny to me. (laughs) God, how did I run? I could feel their hot breath on my back. Their long, claw-like fingers scraped my back. The smell from their steaming, stinking bodies was making me sick. While the noises they made, yelling, screaming, and breathing drove me mad. Reason left me. How I reached the canoe or how I hung to that piece of quartz, because he was looking for quartz, (laughs) is a mystery to me. When I came to, it was night, and I was lying in the bottom of my canoe, drifting between the Thomas Bay and the Sukhoi Island, cold, hungry, and crazy for a drink of water. But only to satisfy, satisfy the latter urge, I started for Wrangle, and here I am. You no doubt think I am either crazy or lying. All I can say is there is the quartz. <laughs> I guess that's his proof. Like he got quartz. He found a quartz. So um, somewhere. Never let me hear the name of Thomas Bay again. And for God's sake, help me get away tomorrow on that boat. 
There you All go. Right. It sounds to me nice. like he just found a weird mushroom in the wilderness. Yeah, and he was <laughs> like, oh. but he's got the quartz, Billy. Wow. He's got proof. That's what I was wondering. Is like, were there some spores? Did he hit a poppy field? <laughs> Poppies, my pretties. I don't know. There's other stories. Um, apparently, there's like one whole town that was so afraid of the Kustaka that they like packed up and left or something. But I don't have that story in detail. Weird. But the, the Kushtaka- Squatch, I believe the Squatch would live in and like all the suits people wearing the suits pretending to be squatches look kind of like they have an otter head don't they so i mean like the suits they don't lie right the so suits don't lie. <laughs> well i do think they that i would like i would connect the kushaka to other bigfoot sightings so there are because of that like there are there are lots of <laughs> bigfoot who look like they might have an well, like the, the no like neck they don't then. have a neck, and it just kind of, and they've got fur all over their head with a cute little face, and maybe sure. it's just cute because it's in a weird creature. So you're just like, oh, maybe it's because it's kind of human like. Yeah, like the human-like form, but like an animal-like Because like, like face. monkeys that have a more human-like face are cuter, in my opinion, than the ones that don't. Because you're like, oh, Aww. look, it has a little human He's face smiling. on it. He's smiling. He's cute. Yeah. Well, and you know, he, this guy doesn't say anything about otters. He actually mentioned monkeys. So I kind of think that what it is, is that there is, you know, there have been many sightings of a creature... And this particular people with their belief system and and the animals and the knowledge they have of the animals around them, they made it. They turned it into an otter, Uh, but it was a land otter that was shaped like a man rather than the sea otters. The squatch. So there are lots of other Bigfoot sightings. So that could be a whole podcast on its own, just about Bigfoot and Kushtaka sightings. But that's all I'm going to say about Kushtaka. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is, I forgot to say before we got started, that this is kind of the part where you start moving into the realm of like interesting stories of things that happen, but also could be possible explanations for some of the other things that have happened. So if we were to believe that the Kushtaka is real, I forgot I wasn't going to say Kushtaka anymore, but (laughs) if we believe that the Kushtaka is real or the Bigfoot sightings are real, then that could be an explanation for the disappearances of many of the the people Mm. who have gone. Yeah, if there's some creature, whatever you want to believe about it, if there's some large, you know, mammal-type creature that's living in the woods that could definitely account for some missing people. Yeah. Or if not the death of the people, if they died in the wilderness succumbing to the elements, because it is a very, you know, difficult land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, They could account for the missing bodies Bodies. because they might eat. Mm Mm-hmm. I also think that the different types of Bigfoot that might exist, exist in different regions are also interpreted by different peoples with different belief, belief systems. Yeah. So that, like, the yeah. Tlingit people, they have their belief system and they have the, what they know. You know, like, there mm-hmm. are not stories of, um, you know, like, Native American peoples and, and their, like, creation stories and all of their, their stories of the ancestors. All of those involve things that can be found in the America land, like yeah. animals, plants, like it's such a huge part of who they were because that is their life. And so none of their stories are going to involve any creature that was only over in exactly. like the UK or in Russia or things like that. So I think that we're all interpreting the same mythological 
or similar mythological beings and experiences, but we're trying to interpret it within the context of our understanding. And that mm-hmm. is where folklore comes that is so different. Mm-hmm. But it's when you draw the connections, like I think some of the connections between like the Day of the Dead in Ireland and the Day of the Dead in Mexico and the fact that they have similar belief systems. Uh-huh. It's like when you see connections across belief systems mm-hmm. that you can start to be like, oh, like maybe this is a thing. So maybe Bigfoot slash Yeti slash Squatch slash Kushtaka is a thing. And it's just the way we interpret it in different environments is different because of our experiences. And we might all be off and we might all be wrong. Well, nobody knows for sure. We might all be right as well in some way. Nobody can get a glimpse close and or like oh people can only get a glimpse they can't get close enough to know the reality the truth behind it you know and it's like you're looking at a creature that is this is totally foreign creature right you know Mm -hmm. um so you're gonna say well it looked like and you're gonna try to find the best like you know, simile or metaphor, uh-huh. yeah. the most similar thing that you have. That makes so sense in your context. If you know what monkeys look like or apes look like, you might yeah. say it looked like an ape. But you don't know what monkeys and apes look like. But you know what otters look like. You say yeah. it looks like a giant otter. Yeah. You know, and so. What is the monkey-ish, most monkey-ish creature in the water? Probably an Probably otter. an otter. <laughs> Probably. So that's interesting. I do believe it exists. And where would be a better place to exist but in the wilderness that still survives? Because, you know, Colorado, the Rocky Mountains going up into Wyoming and South and North Dakota and shit. Those have been big sightings for Bigfoot, you mm-hmm. know, and, and but California not as mountains and stuff, too. But the more populated they become, the yeah. less you're going to see shit. Yeah. You know, Dad has a story. You should ask him sometime. He Maybe he's told you about a guy in Kansas that was like a deputy for the police that came face to face with a Bigfoot. Like, really? like that was his story. And he's got a whole story about how he came face to face with something. Like on a call Do you about think Dad like will an come intruder. On our podcast? He might. I mean, it's not a. It wouldn't be a. Lo- it's just something that he somebody it, told him. It but just it's makes an me interesting record. Dad telling the story, it, and we'll put it in a podcast. Yeah, we should think stuff. about how we we're a family of bards because my DM, who's been playing D anD D for like fifteen years or something ridiculous like that, it's probably longer, told me about how in like D anD D three or something, like one of the bards' feats was like. This like, I don't know, where basically you like heard from somebody who heard from somebody about this <laughs> thing that happened to somebody else, you know, yep. that and sounds like, like us. that's we're a family of bards. It's like I my favorite I'm, thing. I think I would have to be a healer, though, because I took bards my, have healing powers. <clears throat> oh, OK. Yeah, no, because I took my I'm anagram thing. No, we're we're a family I'm, of bards. Absolutely. I'm a number two in the anagram thing, which means I'm a helper. I'm a number four. What does that mean? I'm like a feeler or something. I mean, okay. I mean, <clears throat> I think I'm really a helper though, like hardcore, I'm absolutely kind of messing up my I'm life. I'm a true I'm bard a in the sense that I tell story with song. <clears throat> yeah, Mary that's why I would love to be. No, it's like somewhere. it's like the. the <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that it? <laughs> what if we did a campaign of like just bards? <laughs> I would love How that. horrible that would be. It would be our life. That would no, be but amazing. I would see like we have different kicked. skills as bards because like I'm a bard, but I'm also very resourceful with like figuring shit. I'm like a MacGyver bard. And I'm a healer. And you're bard. a healer bard. <laughs> We're the bards. <laughs> the bards. 
It's like it's like that's I want to make a band. Name. I want to make Bar a band family. that's all oh, bass. Oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> it's like this is this is what a campaign of just bards. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't even be like a, a band of all guitars because like you could do lots of things with guitars, but no. bards. <laughs> We're all basic. <laughs> maybe maybe we're all drums. A band know. of all tambourines. Well, I mean, you could have a band of all drums because drum lines exist. That's true. But, like, yeah, all but have you yeah. ever seen all basses? <laughs> like a band of all basses. Like there's like an like, upright bass, an electric bass, and then an another bass. type of what bass. Kyle sends me articles about this all the time, like the hard times, you know. They have like the, you know, the onion off. We could whatever. do it. We could make it work. They will always put out articles about how like acoustic bass sales spike every time Violent Femmes plays on the radio. And like Kyle will always send me articles like that because anytime I listen to the Violent Femmes, I turn to Kyle and I'm like, I'm going to buy an acoustic bass. So Kelly. Helper bard. <laughs> what? Challenge accepted. <laughs> okay. I love it. All right. Aliens. Another possible explanation for all of this stuff in the Alaska Triangle is aliens. <gasps> so my last my last story is all about aliens because the National UFO Reporting Center has said that there are have been 560 UFO reported in Alaska since 1998 and most of those have been in the Alaska Triangle. There's also Aurora Borealis Unidentified, sparkling light. You, you, unidentified is one word, right? So U S L, unidentified spark. No, it doesn't sparkle. U S L. You, I don't know. Whatever. So many of the sightings of UFO are also pretty well documented because there's actually quite a few military personnel who have seen UFO. So the government has some documentation, and maybe it'll come out here. Some of it is like you can dig through. Like there's these guys in. Some year, who saw something somewhere, and this I read a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and this guy over here that saw something, yeah, exactly. That one time, oh, you yeah. read that too. Yeah, I read it too. I saw a lot of that stuff when I was doing my research. I mean, like literally, though, it's really hard to research on this topic because, like, every single thing, like murder or missing people, like there's hundreds yes. of stories. There's so many examples. So I'm trying to just give you the most compelling ones. So here's one of the most compelling uh, UFO sightings. And this is one uh, like the two plane disappearances. This is one that is really used as strong evidence for something happening in the Alaska Triangle. So this one and the plane sightings are ones you're going to hear a lot on different like podcasts and stuff because this these are the big ones. But this is the only, as far as I know, and at the time certainly known um, radar recording of an unidentified flying object. So like military okay. radar actually tracks it. So they have like that they documentation that, yes. of it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So in 1986, Japanese airlines had a cargo flight that was going above Alaska that encountered three UFOs in the sky. Uh, the pilot was extremely experienced. He'd done a ton of flights and he first noticed the three lights outside his window and he just thought they were military planes. But then he was like, hey, they seem to be kind of pacing us and sticking with us. And he looked more closely and saw that they did not look like military planes. So he radioed Anchorage Center to ask if there were any other aircraft in the area. And there were not any military planes in the area. And the radar from Anchorage Centers, like air traffic control, didn't show any other planes. 
And then the pilot noticed that the lights began moving kind of erratically. So I'm going to read without an accent because that that would not go well. <clears throat> the pilots report to the FAA after the whole thing was done. So he said, most unexpectedly, two spaceships appeared directly in front of the plane, shooting off lights. The inside cockpit shined brightly, and I felt the warmth of the UFO's thrusters on my face. Then three to seven seconds later, the fire, like from jet engines, stopped and became a small circle of lights as they began to fly in level flight at the same speed as we were the middle of the body of the ship sparked an occasional stream of lights like a charcoal fire its shape was a square flying 500 feet to 1000 feet in front of us very slightly higher in altitude than us its size was about the same size as the body of a dc-8 which for those of us who don't know that is similar to a boeing 707 Okay. And for okay. those of us who don't know, make it up. <laughs> make it up. I don't really. I don't really know. <clears throat> so, uh, ground radar was not able to pick anything up, but the radar on the plane did show a large craft. Once the pilot uh, did his little button pushing thing and adjusted some settings that I didn't understand, uh, and so he did see a shape on the the air, like the plane's radar, and then as they were flying over the. Ilson Air Force Base, they had like lights coming up from the base, and so they were able to see a silhouette. And that's when he saw the silhouette of a very large spaceship about the size of two aircraft carriers wow. behind Ugh. them. And I may not have said it, but the Japanese Airlines flight was a 747. So they're a big plane, but this thing is like two aircraft carriers large. Was it like a sombrero? A Mexican it hat. It was literally Air. a sombrero. How did you no, know? No, you know what I mean. Like the classic, like Mexican hat. And then Mexican they started hat, hearing mariachi UFO. music. That's the what disc. they call it. No, the, it doesn't. The quote unquote official term for that <clears throat> is a Mexican hat UFO because they have like oh, the cigar shaped. I know UFOs, what you're talking about now. Which are like the long ones, and then they have the ones that are like the the classic, like orbular. You got the green guys sitting in it. Well, it saucer. Wasn't. I don't yeah, know. I've like always heard a Mexican hat UFO. We're a little bit less racist I don't know. in our description. <laughs> I heard it on last podcast on the left, and I trust them for my no, UFO but news. It was a square. So it was not. Oh, it was, it was a square. square. That's yeah, what it said. He said it no, was. Fair. Its I shape was, was a square. I was. I was imagining a Mexican hat. Saucer. It might, it, it, <laughs> no, but it's a square. But it was a square, the size of two aircraft carriers. That's okay. literally all I know. I don't know. I can like see if you together. can. I can find the contact. Was it a Borg ship? It was, was it a cube or was it a square? I don't know. I literally the just have. Was it two dimensional or was it four dimensional? I, I have assimilate or I, die. Its shape was a square, <laughs> the size of two aircraft carriers. It's right here. I can point to it on my okay, notes. No, That's literally it. all I have. Right here. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. You, you can the hours in Target Kelly hour. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> you know, guys. I hate to tell you, but I wasn't there. It was 1986. <gasps> I was a year old. So anyway, once he saw this big ass silhouette, he was like, oh, damn. And he started evasive maneuvers trying to get away. So before then, he was just like, oh, what's happening? And he had actually said they did not feel threatened. But then he saw how big it was. And he was like, I want to get away. Um, but the aircraft was able to stay with them the whole time. Like he was going in circles and he was doubling back and the aircraft was staying with them. So then the Anchorage Center was like, hey, we can send a military jet. But then a United passenger jet was going through. So they just said, hey, you United pilot, go try and see if you can get a visual. And the United pilot came near the spaceship and then it disappeared completely. However, and this is the creepy part. 
When they were later reviewing all of the evidence, they actually found that while the air traffic control could not get radar, there was some nearby military radar that actually was able to see the space spacecraft. And so the military radar actually showed that when the spaceship, quote unquote, disappeared from the site of the Japanese pilot, it then like tucked out of sight and then started following the United passenger oh. flight. I know, uh, creepy, right? But then it eventually disappeared there as well. So the whole incident lasted 30 to 50 minutes. I think it was like 30 minutes with the Japanese flight and then it followed the United flight. I couldn't quite tell. But a really long time that they were up in the air and the pilot said, the Japanese pilot said that it felt like way longer than that, that they were up in the air like watching these lights. Yeah. So this is pretty monumental because there's so much documentation. There is the yeah. uh, air traffic control and and like Japanese flight communication that is documented. There's the military radar. So this thing like made the news at the time. Is a pretty pretty big deal. So this is one evidence of a UFO being in the Alaska Alaska Triangle area. There are lots and lots of sightings of UFOs. And the there are many times where the whole disappearing without a trace thing feels like maybe there's yeah. something just abducting them. The fire chief in the Palmer Brothers story, like in the the older of the Palmer Brothers that I talked about earlier, yeah. he actually said like the only explanation he could really think of was that he just the guy on the snowmobile just like disappeared and was abducted by he an was alien. Sucked up into the air or something. Yeah. So some people do suspect aliens as one of the possible causes of the Alaska Triangle. Or maybe he just got sucked into <clears throat> the vortex. Yeah. So to finish up our whole. Not to rush you. No, please rush me, please. I'm not trying to rush <laughs> you. I just think um, that maybe he just like crossed over into another dimension. He found the wormhole. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, and that's what, I mean, that's the thing that there are so many varying types of sightings that we've seen, and each of them could have so many different explanations. Um, I do think the one that could explain them all is this idea of like energy vortexes or something, Um, which if you don't know about energy vortexes, they are swirling centers of energy concentrated in places where energy crackles most intensely and they can affect people physically, mentally and emotionally. So the idea is that energy is radiating in a spiraling cone shape and it can be either positive or negative depending on how it is spiraling and how it is radiating. So vortexes that spiral upward in a clockwise motion are positive and these vortexes can be conducive to healing meditation creativity self-exploration like people can come to these and feel really good after they leave rejuvenated so these might be uh, one of the examples was like stonehenge the great pyramids spiritual locations like probably your temple in jerusalem the one that's been around for like thousands of years was probably built there because of a because of the energy that was coming in that <laughs> and that's space. why people congregate there every year and stuff yeah but there can also be negative vortexes that spiral downward in a counterclockwise motion and these drain the positive energy and then can actually create like manifest physical issues like depression nightmares confusion hallucinations which we've heard in a few of our stories there are different hallucinations um, they can also cause technological malfunctions, and there are there is a lot of documentation of various magnetic anomalies in in Alaska, and it's generally commonly known that compasses can regularly malfunction or not point north in Alaska. So there's evidence to support this idea that there's some sort of energy vortex in Alaska. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> Do you know anything else about energy? 
I can wrap um, it up. If- oh, about the energy vortexes. I think Stonehenge is a great example. There's the place too where you can go and it it defies the laws of gravity. Oh, I've seen you that. You know, it's place. a place where it yeah. like makes you feel like you're sloped and you're not. Mm. And it's like there's so much energy there that and it I mean, like affects your perception. And these are things that like affect our tools to mo- to like track. Well, yeah, I mean too. if like, like if compasses. the compasses aren't pointing north then there's obviously some sort of like energy pole that's like affecting like yeah. the magnitude, mm-hmm. you know, like the magnetic mm-hmm. force of that area which is like intense. Yeah. And and all, that can it pull on our well, like I mean, even if there's a, a scientific think, explanation for the magnetic anomalies, yeah. it can pull on us because we are also impacted. You think about by how, them. like you know like don't want to bring it to like you know ghost hunting and stuff, but like people will like do like the EMF readers and like try to find like clusters of high like electric you know activity because even just that affects our. You know, like our well-being mm-hmm. and our energy. And, well, if you think about the fact that know, the moon affects yeah. not just the tides of the earth, no. which is a huge fucking thing but like to affect, but it affects moon. our body. Yeah. Yeah. There's been studies that have shown that, yeah, the full moon there's, makes, people crazy. makes people a little crazy. And women's cycles often sync I'm up with the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like it could be potentially... Like in terms of explaining all the, the the myriad of things that happen in the Alaska Triangle, it could be Bigfoot, Kushtaka, Bigfoot, like abducting people, taking things. But would that explain the plane disappearances? Would that explain would everything? Not. Could be aliens. So that might explain disappearances, but would that explain like what happens inside people's minds to make them murder? To make like the serial killers be more prevalent? It could be energy I vortexes, think that's just the lack of sun. which really could, well, maybe, but it could be energy vortexes, which could impact all of these things. It could make people disappear potentially if they're strong enough, like depending on what you believe and, you know, how much science you want to, <coughs> science that we currently know that you want to bring into it. It could just be like kind of messing with your mind as a part of the magnetic pull, or it yeah. could be like there's something deeper and people could disappear in different energy vortexes. Um, or it could be logically explained by the fact that it is dark all the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> there is no one there. There's also like pretty logical explanations in terms of uh, just the geography and like how many people go out into the wilderness. There are over a thousand glaciers in Alaska which are moving. Like in order to be classified as a glacier, you have to be moving. And they have all these holes and crevasses and like an unstable structure. That and if a body falls down in one of those, they're gone. Then forever. it's gone. And you yeah. never, ever find it. And because it's so cold, frozen bodies do not float in the way that they do in warmer oh areas. Gosh. They actually oh. sink. So if you fall in a crevasse, even if the glacier then moves out to the ocean and then you're released, your body is released, you're going to sink to the bottom and you're never going to be seen from again. Yeah. So a lot of disappearances could be just attributed to the wilderness. There's also some animal attacks, although it's not super common. Moose are actually more dangerous than black Moose bears. Moose are fucking crazy. They injure oh five gosh. to ten people a year. But, like, there are animals out there. But then the other important tidbit about Alaska is that it is the... Accidental injuries are the third highest cause of death. Wow. Which is twice the national incident rate. And so this includes car accidents... But also, like, outdoor injuries, like falling down mountains and falling in glacier crevasses. Is that the plural of crevasse? I don't know. Um, Crevasse. Crevasse. I don't know. But so 
for it to be twice as much as the national average, and it is an incident rate, so it is accounting for population, but there aren't even that many cars in Alaska. But their roads are shit because Brett moved up there and he would have to travel from town to town with the job that he did. Because the snow, they're so bad. Well, and he said they didn't upkeep them, potholes. And they don't have a lot of roads They don't even have a lot of roads and a lot of them are like dirt or very poorly Yeah, that is true. Well, and then you also think, like, if there's only so many people living in so many miles of, like, wilderness, mm-hmm. you know, like, if these accidents happen, like, how responsive are the police? Like I was talking about earlier, you know, like, how Just long distance. does it take for them I to mean, get there? Just because they break your don't... leg and then have to pull yourself up to yeah. your house to try to get to your phone to call yeah. somebody. And, and then like, it how, takes another the, four hours for them to get there. Even with cell phones. But there's also way 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 more search and rescue efforts up there too but like i don't disagree like it's harder to access people but there's also way more search and rescue efforts because there's so many more people going missing but there's a lot of people i wonder how many times i wonder how many times people have like gone out for a search and rescue for one specific person and like found somebody else well maybe but even like if you think about just the fact i can't find that i can't find it even just the fact that so many different people are like search and rescue does so many like missions they don't call it missions but like they do so (laughs) many rescues during the year and a lot of them are found like that's what makes it even crazier is that there are a lot of like yes you can say like they're really spread out the response isn't fast enough but they are also finding people and they are responding and it's still like such a high incident rate of disappearances so i think that's really crazy no i agree i think there is something to alaska whether it is the energy vortexes or you know, just the wilderness, the creatures, the it's solitude. a great place for like serial killers may be drawn to some place like Alaska because of the solitude because of the and solitude. the darkness and stuff. That. And then yeah. their brain is like triggered by those things because and it like kind of messes them up. Bigfoot yeah. may be drawn to that area because of the because wilderness. Of the lack of and so it's like maybe it's everything. Yeah. Maybe it's all of it. Yeah. Well, that aliens, and, you know, yeah, alien, aliens are everywhere, but there are places where they're more prominent. Like down yeah. in Mexico, there's certain location, like at least one location in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Well, even where just they like see shit Utah, all the time. Like there's like a big. I and if you think about it all the time and I never see because anything. Think about the behavior in this alien incident in Alaska. They're exploring and trying to see what you're doing. They're trying to learn from us and they're not going to go to the areas where we are most populated and risk exposing them. They're going to go to the areas that are less populated and follow and watch and analyze and gather their data because they're obviously scientific creatures if they Uh made it here. And then they're going to compile that information and respond. Same thing we will do when we go to Europa and find life on the moon of Jupiter, Europa. Sorry. I'll be dead by (laughs) No, is they're trying to go to Europa. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I just want to say in response to energy, I just... I just really like Nevada. We talk about energy. <laughs> like I think I think it's something to do with the radiation. All of the oh No, God. it's not even <laughs> the It's the it's the radiation from all of the nuclear oh, testing that, that they did. That and totally. I really think I love Nevada. There is something about just like Nevada. I've never been. No, I've never I, been to Nevada I really either. Like Nevada. I've been to Vegas, but that's not even the coolest part of Nevada because just like driving through like the nothingness of the, Nevada. Yeah, the non-Vegas part of like Nevada is more nothing that is like so just like I bet there's UFOs neat. there. Uh, oh, I'm sure. But I did want to just point out some of my final thoughts from Alaska, which is that 
you know, there's definitely some weird stuff going on up there, but there's also a ton of mysterious stories from other parts of Alaska outside of the triangle. Missing people go missing all over the state. And some of the like statistics, not the 16,000 missing, but some of the statistics in term of, terms of like the homicide rate and um, the serial killer rate, like those are statewide. So I don't know that there's really enough evidence of this like arbitrary triangle that yeah. happens to fit perfectly between established cities. Um, I also will say that there are lots of shows and articles and podcasts on the Alaska Triangle, and many of them actually cite articles or cite incidents that didn't take place in the Triangle. And this actually really pissed me off. Like, I was doing my research and like, oh, here's a story. Let me map it in Google Maps and see see where it is. There are lots of stories on the Kenai Peninsula, which is not in the Triangle. There are lots of stories out um, just more... Uh, what is that West which is not in the triangle and like don't put freaking things in your story about the Alaska Triangle if they're not actually in the triangle yeah, yeah. so that is really crummy and I'm not a fan <laughs> of that and I personally think that the Alaska Triangle is a bunch of bullshit but I think that the whole state is extremely like underpopulated and has mm-hmm. some interesting energy things going on mm-hmm. which might as you were saying be a draw for types of people who might then be impacted by the energy vortexes and it might be a draw for Bigfoot and for aliens and different things. So lots of mystical shit, but there is no Alaska. Even just like, I'm totally a believer in energy and all that woo woo bullshit. Like don't even, you know, whatever. But I also think just like from personal experience, the lack of sunlight. Yeah. I fucking go crazy in the winter and like I couldn't even imagine being any further north than I already am living in Denver because I would absolutely lose my shit in the winter time and there are definitely very logical (laughs) explanations to everything that happened if you look at that piece yeah (laughs) and it's not entirely logical like there's a lot we don't know about how our internal systems Uh respond to the environment around us that alien story is really compelling But a lot could just be explained by the fact that Alaska is wild. Mm -hmm. It truly is the last frontier. There's so much we don't know and understand about it. Well, and you even think like with the amount of wilderness that's out there and like critters, just like normal critters that exist, like how many people go missing and then are just like food for bears or something, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, know. lots of I don't wild compelling. And actually, and I would also encourage you to look up other stories in Alaska because you could spend the rest of your life looking up stories in Alaska. Oh, I'm that, sure. And I specifically did not tell any story that didn't take place in the Alaska Triangle. But there are other Respect. super compelling stories, yeah. like a weird like ship murder down in Seward or something like that, or no Craig, Alaska, and then like other weird like disappearances in I don't know. Just there's all sorts of crazy stories. So Alaska is a pretty messed up place, but it's also super cool and super beautiful <laughs> and it's fun and I liked going there and that's my story and thank you for listening and goodbye it was, an it was a good story thank you Kelly oh, I really enjoyed it good luck editing long podcast well that was a good story I very much enjoyed it I think we've been on mic for a long time do we want to move right into things that don't suck things that don't suck Things that don't suck. Yeah. 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 Um, who wants to go first? Who has um, something? You I go, Belle. You go got first. Stuff. I've got something. Well, so last week I was finally diagnosed with ADHD and I started Yay. medication for it. So that was something that didn't suck because I've had this appointment with a psychiatrist that I had never seen before set for like over a month before I finally got to see him. 
And then I waited for almost 35 minutes before he hopped onto the appointment. And um, I was really worried that I wasn't getting diagnosed because it's really hard for like women, first of all, mm-hmm. to get diagnosed. And then also it's hard for you to find a diagnosis as an adult. Um, but he immediately was like, no, oh, you have ADHD and here's the medication for you. And so I found a dose that works for me and I've noticed a difference. Yay. So yeah, it's good. good. That's good. Yeah. Exciting. I Yay. love getting diagnoses that help us. Well, and it felt so <laughs> validating because like yeah. I felt for a long time that I've had it. And like, even I brought it up to mom, even just like a couple months ago, like after I sent my appointment, and mom was like, no, I've known forever that you've had ADHD. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's good. Yeah, it's been good. I've just been trying to live in the moment of like feeling not as shitty as I felt the last like, you know, several years at this point. So yay. 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 Who Yay-ed wants to not go feeling next? shitty? Yay to not feeling shitty. Who wants to go next? Okay. Yay. Hannah. Uh, my thing that doesn't suck is that yesterday James and I got to go and see Bo Burnham's show inside in theater. That's cool. That's that fun. Is, that was a lot of fun. That is and cool. And I got a little poster that I'm going to frame what? and put in my room. Oh, I Yay. still haven't watched the last like quarter of it. I watched the first bit oh. on a plane and then I watched the next the quarter on a plane. The last quarter of it is the worst it gets part. <laughs> um, well, the best part, but the saddest part. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. really good. Oh, shit. All it's right. the worst part, the best part, but the saddest there's, part. Have you I have a lot to experience uh, in this so, last yeah. I, I have to say, too, there's nothing quite like disassociated associating in front of like a 30 foot screen in a room full of strangers it was real fun well that sounds like a challenging experience it was a wild experience that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) well my things that doesn't suck thing that doesn't suck is a little simpler a little lighter (laughs) tacos definitely don't suck i've been thinking about it all morning my favorite thing right now are those little street taco places like they're popping up all over (laughs) like the torchies type places we went to fort collins yesterday and we went to a place called vatos and they often have a fried avocado taco if if you're vegetarian it's amazing and like tacos are just great and tacos tacos. usually come with margaritas and tacos and margaritas are Mm, two of my favorite things in this entire world i will say even as somebody who eats meat and is proud of the fact that they eat meat i proud wow i'm proud of you know i still to this day i want to go hunting it might change my mind i might be a vegan after i go hunting but i will yikes eventually Kill an animal. As a meat eater, I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to experience that visceral. Will eventually kill an animal. I will. I mean, I don't disagree that meat eaters, including me when I was one, should have more experience with killing their own food in order to understand it better. No, exactly. And I'm but saying, I like, I'm that fully, I would, like, be as excited. I'm fully prepared that it might completely change my worldview. I dig the circle of life. I also think that I would love to see more people have more vegetarian meals and less meat. No, and that's the thing. I think if everyone had less meat back to back in the day when you would have like meat for a treat on Saturday evenings Mm -hmm. or whatever, or Sunday dinner and that was it, and you wouldn't have meat during the week, then we wouldn't have our mass uh, like production facilities that are impacting our environment in the way that they are because we wouldn't have as much of it. And then I wouldn't have to be a vegetarian to try and make up for other people who eat meat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That made me sound no. pretty awful. That made me sound one of pretty those awful. Vegetarians. <laughs> no, I'm totally not one of those vegetarians. I just uh, no, but like I mean, I was gonna say though, like even as a meat eater and somebody who enjoys eating meat, like a good vegetarian meal, like that fried avocado taco. 
Yes. That sounds fucking awesome. It's so good, that y'all. so delicious. It's so good. I mean, I might pee my pants because I have to pee, but I also might pee you my were pants. Like three minutes. Because it's I was so like, oh. good. All right. All right. Well, it's my that's turn. Mom. Yep. All right. So I have two things. Yay. First thing is um, the little talking buttons that I got for the cat. <laughs> so I got those little buttons that you can record your voice saying a word or a phrase, and then you teach your animals to use it to communicate with you. And I have been trying to teach my cats, and it's fucking (laughs) hilarious because they're training me. They're mad at me because every time now Sage wants to go outside, I go, well, you know what to do? Just push the button. If George or I say push the button, her ears go back and her eyes get squinty. She goddamn knows what I want her to do. She's not going to do it. Just because you want her to do it. So that's been a form of entertainment. And then my other one is that my fish had baby a little baby. Baby. Just a baby. <laughs> had, had a baby. Um, your fish had many babies. They just well, did not yeah. survive. Yeah, we found a baby fish in our fish tank. So we took it out. We're trying to save it. And it's cute. And since my it's dog died one. and my cats don't give a shit about me, I am investing all of my of pet fish. needs into this baby fish. So. I want to see the baby fish. It's yeah, cute. we'll have to go it's look at it. He's cute. All right. Well, Yay! that's my Thoughts All or right, my y'all. things that don't suck. We we didn't really shout out. We no, we got to do a shout out, shout out. So um, thanks everybody for listening. If you want to hit us up, our email is ffs the podcast at gmail dot If you want to hit us up, our email is ffs the podcast at gmail.com So send us an email. And you can hit us up on Facebook. Review us, Instagram, Valerate us on iPod Music please. or whatever it is. I'm and literally begging you to Spotify. leave us a rating on iTunes because if you the have, more that you engage, the more that we'll be shouted out to other people. If you have stories that you would yeah. like us to like research and send do us, on the show, send us send suggestions. Us suggestions. If you have weird things that have happened to you. I will read any spooky personal experience that you send to me. I will read it on the show. Me personally, if you want Belle to read your spooky experience. Or if you don't want Belle, but you want somebody else, that's fine too. Send it in the email. Just specify Specify in the email. I'll read read all of them unless specified. Yeah, if not specified, Belle will read most of them because I want to read some too. So <laughs> you, you just add A B B, and we'll know that means anyone but Belle. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us. We'll be back in a week. Woo-hoo! Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful time this next week, and uh, we hope to hear something from you. No pressure. All right, y'all. Thanks. Lock your doors. Bye. I guess. Don't say we're it. Coming. Stop. Can we just say like <laughs> we're coming for can we, you? Can our like tag or like and just be like, let's get fucked up or something? Yeah, whatever. Like whatever. That. Just like I honestly like we need our we all have, need our thing to yell and Hannah doesn't like. Well, mine. I don't want to yell the f word. <laughs> it's weird. So. It's creepy. Lock your doors because do you we're coming um, for you. Yeah, do you have creepy. like an exit music? Yell, let's get effed up. Because if you have exit. at the end of every show.